Welcome, or welcome back to A Walk on the Wise Side. This is the third of a series of five mindfulness-improving podcasts. My name is Dr. Stephen McKenzie, and I am a senior lecturer at the University of Melbourne's School of Psychological Sciences. Joining us today, we have Dr. Michelle John Janellis, who is also a senior lecturer at the University of Melbourne's School of Psychological Sciences, and is an expert in behaviour change from the school's Centre for Behaviour Change. In this podcast, we will explore how mindfulness can help us make positive changes to our life by helping us change our life behaviours. And Michelle will take you through a behaviour change practice that you can keep practising, along with the other mindfulness-improving practices that you have been introduced to. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Please tell us something about your interest in clinical psychology, behaviour change and mindfulness. Well, at the risk of revealing my age, I completed my training in clinical psychology seven years ago and thought I would end up working as a clinical psychologist, as most people, you know, doing their master's in clinical psychology think. But I ended up working two roles, one as a clinical psychologist and one as a behaviour change researcher. Having these two roles meant I could really see how behaviour change works in practice, not just theoretically. And mindfulness is one of those concepts that makes sense in theory and sounds great, but it's important to make it work at the practical level. And I find the tailoring of the concept of mindfulness to what a client presents within therapy really interesting. So that's a little bit about my background and my interest in these areas. Well, thanks, Michelle. And what what is behaviour change and how can it help people? Well, well-being is not something that we just inherently have. It requires deliberate, considered and repeated action on our part to foster and maintain positive experiences. So it's something that we really need to work for. We need to take action to adopt and maintain behaviour patterns that really help us to live a healthy and fulfilling life. So behaviour change is a multi-stage process in which we identify what we need to change in our life to improve our well-being, and we take action to go ahead and, and change these things. So how can behaviour change help people be mindful? Well, actually, I think of it as more the opposite. How can being mindful help people positively change their behaviour? So if you'll let me get a little bit technical here, humans have what we call two systems. System one is a system that's dedicated to automatic unconscious decision making. And system two is dedicated to deliberate decision making, things like seeking out information weighing up pros and cons. Now, one system isn't necessarily better than the other. In fact, having both systems is super important to our survival. Both of these are adaptive. So for example, there are some decisions that really should be automatic. Um, As humans, we need to make thousands of decisions each day. If we had to stop and think about each and every one of those decisions, we wouldn't really have much time for anything else. So the fact that some of our behavior is automatic is a good thing. Imagine waking up every day having to decide how you're going to get to work. It's actually really adaptive that we just unconsciously decide to catch the tram or take our car. And if we take our cars, we're often going the exact same route. 
Ask anyone who's gotten to their tram stop to find that the tram has broken down or someone who's jumped in their car and their car isn't starting and you'll likely be told you know, how stressful these situations can really be for us as humans. And this is because our automatic behaviour that we haven't had to think about prior suddenly does require thought. How are we now going to get to work when the tram's broken down and our car doesn't start? But then there are some decisions that shouldn't be automatic. So things like buying a home or deciding where to rent. Most times people don't need to be told that they should be thinking about these decisions. They realise that these decisions require deliberate decision-making and they engage in this decision-making. Now, this is where behaviour change comes in. When we want to change our behaviour, we are often wanting to move a behaviour from the control of system one, automatic or unconscious, to system two, which is deliberative. So essentially, we want to break a maladaptive habit. So for example, smokers, they don't stop and think every time they want to light up a cigarette, they just do it. So to help smokers quit, lighting up needs to become more deliberate. They need to become more aware of their triggers and their cravings. And then there's behavior that we don't yet do, but want to do. So developing a good habit, things like exercising every day, going to bed at the same time every night, eating fruit and veg. If you haven't been doing any of this, then you will need to become more aware of your day and make a deliberate plan to engage in these behaviors. So that's moving behaviors into a more automatic system. And this is where mindfulness comes in. It can really help people take greater control of these two systems and lead more empowered lives. Thanks, Michelle. Can you tell us how all of this could actually help people in particular ways, such as study better, be less stressed, have better relationships, respond better to serious life challenges such as COVID? Yeah, that's a really great question, Stephen. Mindfulness cultivates an awareness of the self. So it encourages people to pay attention to the way their mind works, what is happening in their bodies and their emotional states. It can help with any behavior change challenge, really, because it encourages us to think about our actions and what's causing them. So it essentially, it encourages us to be more open-minded and increase our awareness. So if I had a client, for example, who came to me saying they wanted to study better, I'd first help them come up with a SMART goal so they could know what they were working towards. I'd then ask them to monitor their studying behaviour over the course of the week and keep a diary of their thoughts and emotions in relation to studying. So, for example, when it comes time to study, they might feel anxious, their heart might start to race, they might start to sweat, they might think, I've had a busy day, I don't feel like studying. Anything that comes up for them when studying or when thinking about studying, I would get them to write down so that they become more mindful about these things that are happening for them. Then we would work on helping them become more aware of these feelings and thoughts and watching them. So I like to say to my clients that mindfulness is about becoming more aware of the things that your brain is selling you rather than handing your money over and buying it without thinking. Or another analogy, instead of jumping on every thought train that your mind sends your way, stay on the platform and pick the train that you need to get on to reach your destination and to achieve your goal. So notice when your mind is telling you that you should vacuum the house instead of studying. Acknowledge that this is where your mind has taken you and refocus your attention on what you're actually doing, which is studying. The same goes for having better relationships or responding better to serious life challenges. Notice how you are feeling and what you're thinking 
acknowledge this and turn your attention back to goal-directed action. Now, this doesn't mean your mind will stop trying to tell you thoughts or that your feelings will suddenly just go away. That's not the point of mindfulness. The point of mindfulness is that you respond to any thoughts and feelings that do arise for you differently. And more importantly, that you respond to them in a way that means your ultimate goals are not derailed. Thanks, Michelle. That's really helpful. Could you give us an actual behavior change mindfulness practice that will help people, including by helping them change their behavior and be more mindful? Sure. Absolutely happy to do that. Before I do, I just want to say a couple of things. The first being there are a variety of mindfulness techniques, and I really would encourage everyone to try a bunch and see what fits best. So one size doesn't fit all here. If you try one technique that someone else swears by and it doesn't work for you, that's completely okay. There are heaps more that you can try. Apps such as Smiling Mind or Headspace are really excellent, and I encourage listeners to download those and give them a go. The other thing I would say before giving listeners a technique is that mindfulness really does take practice. So you can't try a technique once and expect it to work. You need to be practicing all the time. Now, ideally, being mindful is something we just do all the time. It's a life practice. But in reality, you know, this can be tricky, especially when we lead such busy lives. So taking 10 to 20 minutes each day to practice being mindful might be a good place to start. Or if this doesn't quite work for you yet, just pick an activity that you do each day and engage in that activity mindfully. Things like brushing your teeth or having a shower. Now, the shower one is a good one because it evokes many of our senses. So what does the water feel like? How cold or warm or hot is it? How do the droplets feel against your skin? What can you hear? How different does it sound when the water hits the floor versus when it hits your skin? What can you smell? What are some of the fragrances that are coming from your soap or your shampoo? Finally, mindfulness isn't about pushing your thoughts to the side and ignoring them. So quite often my clients will say to me, mindfulness doesn't work. The thoughts didn't go away. I'm still thinking these awful things. And that's not the point. So the point is to change how you respond to these thoughts. Instead of stopping your studying and vacuuming the house, when that thought pops up telling you that you should stop studying, Acknowledge the thought instead and how it's making you feel and then refocus your attention on what you're doing. You can tell yourself that you'll vacuum the house after studying for at least another 15 minutes or when you finish that reading, that particular chapter, or when you finish that particular task that your tutor has given you. Okay, so on that note, the practice that I've chosen to go through with you today, Stephen, is called Leaves on a Stream. This technique is a little bit more on the active side then activities such as mindfulness of the breath, which is another common practice. But this activity isn't as active as things like mindfulness of movement. So for instance, taking a walk and making sure you do that mindfully. So if I've got you on board and if you're willing to engage in this with me, Stephen, what I'll get you to do is sit in a comfortable position. And if you're feeling willing to and up to it, close your eyes. But if you don't feel comfortable closing your eyes, then you can just fix your eyes on a spot in front of you. Now I'm going to ask you to simply notice various things that are going on inside your body and your mind. The point of this exercise is to just notice these things 
without trying to change them, as if you're watching a show on TV. You don't have the remote, so you can't change the channel. And you can't decide what the show's about. Your job is simply to notice what's happening. So first I'd like for you to notice your breathing. Notice how the air comes in and flows down your windpipe. How it fills your chest and makes a little pressure or fullness there. And then notice how it flows back out. Notice the cool air coming in and the warm air going out. No breath is too short or too long, so don't try to change it. Just notice how you're doing it. You may find yourself thinking about other things and if that happens it's totally normal. Just acknowledge where your mind has taken you and then gently bring your attention back to your breathing. Now I'd like you to bring your attention to a sensation that you may be feeling in your body right now. Perhaps you feel a sense of warmth or a sense of pressure where your body is resting in your chair. You may be feeling a tingle or a cramp or an itch. It might be in your hands or your feet, your shoulders, your back or your neck. Please focus now on that bodily sensation without deliberately trying to alter it or make it stop. Notice if the sensation changes in any way and if it doesn't change then you can notice that as well. And again if your mind wanders, acknowledge where it's wandered and gently bring your attention back to that bodily sensation that you've chosen to focus on. Now I'd like you to imagine that you are walking through a beautiful green valley. The sun is bright and pleasantly warm and there is a soft breeze. As you walk, you notice that there is a clear, gentle stream running through the valley. You go over to look at it and you find the perfect spot and sit down there by the stream. Now that you are closer to the water, you see that there is a trail of fallen leaves floating gently by. Imagine now that you can place any thoughts that you are having on those leaves. And as each thought occurs to you, simply place it on one of the leaves and watch as the water carries it down the stream. 
For example, if you notice a thought pop up such as you should stop studying and vacuum the house instead, or he, she doesn't care about you, or he, she is deliberately ignoring you, imagine yourself placing that thought on a leaf and watch what happens to it. Watch it float down the stream. Does it float away quickly or slowly? Does it float away in a linear fashion or does it zigzag with the flow of the currents? And then refocus your attention on whatever you were doing at the time the thought came up. If you're wondering if you're doing this right, that's okay. Just put the thought, this is hard, or am I doing this right on a leaf? And watch what happens. You can continue this task for a few more minutes, but in the interests of time, I'll get you to imagine yourself sitting as you are now, back in the room, And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and start engaging with the world again. How did you find that, Stephen? That was really helpful. Thanks, Michelle, for taking us through that exercise and for telling us about behaviour change and mindfulness. You're very welcome. Take it easy, Stephen. Thanks, Michelle. And this completes our podcast. Farewell. A Walk on the Wise Side is a University of Melbourne podcast. Dr. Stephen McKenzie is our host. Production by Sylvie Van Wall. With audio engineering and editing by Arch Cuthbertson. Our guest speaker was Dr. Michelle John Janellis. Music from Lee Rosavia. You can find more great audio series wherever you get your podcasts or by going to unimelb.edu.au.